Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Welcome to the World Cricket Show, back on the airwaves this week in spite of spectacular popular demand. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'm the bloke running this thing. And with me in the studio tonight, I'm pleased to say that he's successfully completed a period of reintegration and he's back with us. It's Tony Kerr. Cheers, Adam. How's it going this week, Tone? Really well. Just fresh. We've been away for a little while, haven't we? We have. It's just, been good to see the back of you. Just had a little break. It's given us a chance to, you know, recharge the batteries, given our writing staff a chance to freshen things up, you know, think about introducing some new characters, some new storylines. We don't <laughs> yeah, want the show going stale. No, well, that's the last thing we'd want. You know, I, I went back and listened to all of the previous episodes yeah. uh, over the last couple of weeks. All 150 Just to get a feel of you know where it's going and where it's been. It is going somewhere. We've been <laughs> assured by the writing staff that it is going somewhere, although obviously we're not privy to that. I believe I might be getting a new love interest this season, uh, and your arch nemesis, Toby, is going to be introduced <laughs> on next week's show. Uh, but anyway, we've come back in time for Halloween. This is our spooky Halloween special. Are you ready for it, Tone? Are you prepared? Yeah. It's going to be terrifying. Uh, yeah, all the usual jokes. All the usual Halloween jokes. You, that's, not, <laughs> that's not the same as actually making some jokes. You can't just say all the usual jokes and that like that ticks that box. Well, you know, just leave the listeners to to, to work for themselves at this. Invent their own jokes. Are you, uh, yeah, you've dressed up today. Yeah. You've put on a rather scary looking T-shirt. That's available from our website. <laughs> <laughs> if listeners are going to any Halloween parties this year, they might want to go as like a, a zombie Adam or a zombie Tony. They could perhaps buy a World Cricket Show t-shirt from cricketshow.net. Buy then, it, you know, bloody it up, rip it up, and then buy another one after. <laughs> after. So order two, actually. Order two at the same one time. One for the party and one for... Saves us yeah. some shipping. So <laughs> come on, you've got to think about us and these things as well. Um, have you been to any Halloween parties this year, Tone? That's a question that I know the answer to, but I'm going to ask it. Fishing. Anyway. And I went to a couple at the weekend. And what I did was I spread my effort over two <laughs> nights. <laughs> so <laughs> neither, neither night uh, was I satisfactorily uh, dressed up for the host or, you know, the kind of some of the people there. So I did, I did cop a bit of abuse. For I was going to say that reports have reached me that <laughs> um, you didn't put in anything like enough effort into your costume. Uh, well, I, I thought, you know... Okay, Friday night comes along and we're going as zombies. Obviously, that's just what people do when they've not sorted out anything else. But it's fair enough. Yeah, it's 2pm on Friday. <laughs> yeah, <it's like laughs> what are we going to go as? Get some like, liquid latex, get some fake blood uh, and do the business. But, you know, I don't really like putting it on my face. Uh, and I told this to, to the other people because I like to touch my face, if that makes sense. I okay, like that's a little to... bit weird, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I just like, you, you know, I like to be able to scratch my face, uh, rub my face, hold my face touch my face basically and uh you know <laughs> when i've got full makeup on it's very uncomfortable right. but then come saturday night i was pressured into uh doing something to my face 
Because I've seen a photo of this, and there's a there's a big group of you. I wasn't invited, but um, there's a big group of you out, and uh, there's what sort of eight, nine, ten of you, and like all the rest are wearing essentially movie quality makeup, is what it looks well, like. Don't you know, don't like don't do it. And you're there. You've got like what a looks like a minor cut on your arm, scratch on my arm, and uh, a slightly bloodied bandage on your forehead. <laughs> it kind of looks like you sort of tripped into a tripped into some brambles or something. It's <laughs> what that looks like rather than a zombie. But you're saying it's that you didn't want to touch your face because I assumed it was either laziness or vanity or perhaps a combination of the two. Well, there was I think yeah, certainly the the, the former uh, there. But I did uh, you know, I did look the part on Saturday night. Uh, and I was I was hit inundated with kind of notes and messages from people on Saturday saying that you've got white makeup all over my shirt, blouse, trousers, hat. You know, Were you just cushions. going around rubbing your oh, face? Yeah, on exactly. People. Yeah, I was just getting too close for comfort. So yeah, I mean, lesson learned for next year. Because I had a great idea for, for costume this year, and all it involved doing was ordering something online. You know, two weeks before, and it was all, I could have done it, but you know, I just thought, no, I'll do it, do it tomorrow, yeah. and then it gets around to the day, and you haven't done it. And that's my downfall as well. Yeah. I was, I, I wanted to go as Marty McFly to a Halloween party this year. Peter didn't have a Halloween party to go to. <laughs> actually, I've not been invited to any this year. It's quite depressing. Well, you could have come on Saturday night. No, I know. Well, I was, I was gonna go. I was gonna crash. You know, if if we all dressed up as characters from the Shield, which is something that we did talk about doing, but again, we didn't really get around to organizing that i wanted a bunch of us to go as like key economic figures you know i thought i, I could go as george osborne you could go as mervyn king we get lots of people going so we, they could go as you know christine lagarde and george papandreou and stuff like that you know i think that's really funny other people i've spoken to think it's less funny but uh i think that'd be great if we all just turned up like in suits I think I think it's a great idea, but I've learned from experience that topical Halloween costumes don't always go down as well as you might think. Like, like a couple of years ago, went as with a few other people as uh, the H one N one virus. Right. As good as we looked and as smug as we were, no one else really cared. If but yeah, good idea for next year. If the, if the economic crisis deepens before, we can only hope that it does, <laughs> and then then I'll still be able to go as George Osborne this time next year. Do you think I can pull off George Osborne? Yeah, you've got the kind of. Uh, the pasty face and people do boo when you walk into the room so got the smug grin <laughs> yeah uh, that that's required to be honest if anything i could probably more pull off david cameron a surprising number of people have said to me in the past that i look like david cameron <laughs> but it's in that context well i don't think i look anything like david cameron but it's in that context where people say like jesus that david cameron's an ugly <laughs> isn't he Oh, actually, Adam, you look a bit like David Cameron. It's like doughy face, kind yeah. of like smug git. That pudgy face, David Cameron. No, I don't, I don't see the resemblance, to be honest. But then, you know, I didn't see the resemblance when someone said I look like Russell Crowe. So. <laughs> but then you got that um, job as a Russell Crowe lookalike. <laughs> I know. Anyway, we've got all sorts of bone-chilling stuff coming up on this Halloween special. Uh, just to give you some sort of idea of how things are going to pan out over the next few episodes, because we've got a, an enormous and very exciting winter of cricket about to kick off. Uh, I think next week we're going to preview Australia v South Africa. Uh, and the week after that, we're going to preview England v India. Uh, but we will be starting to talk about that series today, uh, focusing on something that I do feel the, the mainstream media, the lamestream media, if you will, uh, seem to be avoiding, which is the Kevin Peterson issue. Uh, it's a political hot potato and they don't want to talk about it, but we're not afraid to deal with that kind of stuff. 
on the World Cricket Show. We're also going to look back on the Champions League, uh, which which Tony is really looking forward to, judging by the expression that just ghosted across <laughs> his face. Uh, and there'll be some predictably ghoulish side notes as well. I've got a Halloween joke for you, Tane. It's equal parts hilarious and terrifying. Why didn't the skeleton go to the party? Why, Adam? Because he had no body to go with. Are we doing that, are we? Are we doing what? Lame jokes. Are we telling hilarious <laughs> jokes? Are you asking me, are we telling hilarious jokes? Is that jokes? where we've got... Is that is this the new material that the, the writers promised? <laughs> Why doesn't Dracula have any friends? Because he's a pain in the neck. I, I thought you'd say because he sucks. But... More of these throughout the show. <laughs> England. This is the item where we talk about England, alternatively titled... We need to talk about Kevin again. Subtitle, this is getting ridiculous. If we don't talk about Kevin soon, I'm going to effing lose it. Now, we've blown the lid off all kinds of stories uh, over the last few years, haven't we, that the press won't touch. Uh, You know, bankers, politicians, celebrities. There's no one that we won't take down a peg or two. And it's time to really get into this Kevin Peterson uh, material that the rest of the media just don't want to touch. So Kevin Peterson is back in the England squad for the Tour of India, which has started England are in India at the moment and they're playing India A in a warm-up match in Mumbai Uh, as we're recording this it's Tuesday night uh, so we've only had one day of the game uh, which finished with India A 369 for nine it was a bit of a frustrating day for England in the end because India A were 190 for six uh, but there were a couple of good partnerships towards the end of the day Manoj Tavari scored 93 Three wickets apiece for Graham Swan and Tim Breslin. But the big story of the day, Steve Finn has picked up a thigh injury and has gone for a scan. Uh, So slightly nervous times for Finn. But certainly ahead of the game, the big story uh, was that Kevin Peterson was going to be back in an England shirt. It's his first appearance since the second test of the South Africa series. Uh, By my calculations, I believe he's missed 12 completed internationals in that time. Good calculations. Thanks. Of course, that was a result of a a turbulent summer. Everybody knows what happened uh, with the text messages that were sent to South African players that included derogatory comments about Andrew Strauss. Now, when this story broke, I think we both said that we didn't think he would ever play for England again. Not only is he back, it hasn't actually taken all that long for him to come back. Uh, He's had longer breaks than this before. (laughs) I mean, what what is this, two months since he last played for England? It's not Mm. actually... Very long. If he'd been injured, he, he'd, you know, he might well have missed more than twelve games. August um, was the last. That's like I remember August. I, you know, I've got a terrible memory, but I can remember August really well. I can remember August like it was two months ago. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so he's not been away for very long. He's made a public apology. The selectors have added him to the squad for the India tour, and he's back playing. And it looks like he's gonna, you know, just be back at number four for this series. Are you surprised that things have turned out this way? You know, we said that. We didn't think he'd ever play for England again. Are you as surprised as the fact that you said that would indicate? <laughs> well, it's it's almost ludicrous. I mean, it is ludicrous, and it's not almost ludicrous. The situation is slightly ludicrous, and you just gotta you've just gotta laugh, I think, or smile, maybe. Maybe it's not maybe laugh out loud funny, is it? But it's kind of like, you know, smile across your face funny. Smile across your face funny. <laughs> I don't know if that's an expression, but... We should put that on the poster for the show. <laughs> we'll send smiles across your face. Yeah, like you say, just such a short period of time now uh, to look back on. The over, uh, kind of overbearing sense is one of kind of annoyance, really. Because the last time he turned out for England, what, he got 149. And you say 12 matches later... 
he could have been playing in those 12 matches. He really didn't. This is very unnecessary, obviously. But it's just another one of those KP. Yeah, it's just another chapter in his autobiography, isn't it? <laughs> well, <laughs> At the end of the day. It might even be two chapters, I mean, it, to be honest. It depends if he... I mean, can he stretch out eight weeks <laughs> over, over two chapters? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it does make you think what might have been in terms of the, the World 2020 and also maybe the third test of the South Africa series. So it's frustrating in that sense. It's frustrating that it's happened at all. The, uh, the use of the word reintegration as well, that's, that's funny, isn't it? You made a joke out of that at the start of the show. How often do people talk about things being reintegrated? Apart from, like, ex-cons, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what it is, yeah. isn't it? It's like following a period of rehabilitation yeah. and, and reintegration. Um, he's allowed to play cricket for England again. <laughs> I mean, why do you think it has happened this way? Do you think this is Alistair Cook's influence? Maybe if Strauss was still captain, Peterson wouldn't have been forgiven so quickly? Yeah, it would have been harder to imagine the reintegration happening quite as quickly had Strauss remained as captain. Clearly, the personal kind of issues were a lot to do with those two. You know, Cook, as captain now, wants to get off to the best possible start and presumably recognises that, well, recognised from the very word... Uh, you know, you're the captain. Well, that's, that. that's not a word, but uh, recognised from that point that he was going to need KP back in the team. He realises he's got a hell of a job on his hands and you know, he wants to have the best players. Um, yeah, I don't blame him. And I think it's, you know, that's good. Good on all parts. Good that it's happened. Definitely. I mean, as an England supporter, it's obviously good news that England have Peterson in their ranks. He's, you know, he's, he's arguably the best batsman in the side and undoubtedly the most experienced. And if you just look at the team on paper, I think having him at four makes a big difference because it does mean that the middle order is quite settled. You've got Trot at three, Peterson four, Bell five. You know, that's a very, very good middle order. Whereas if Peterson wasn't there and you just had that one extra inexperienced batsman, that kind of unbalances the whole thing. On the face of it, England have a much better chance of getting a result in India with him than without him. So from that point of view, you've got to be happy. But it is a happiness tinged with anxiety because I think, you know, we said at the time, no matter how good... At, any player is if he's making the rest of the players in the team perform like below their uh, maximum ability then he can't be in the team so there's obviously going to be questions over the team spirit if cook has been able to resolve these issues either by making peterson change his behavior or um going to the rest of the squad and just saying look we've got to rise above it and deal with it then fine but there's going to be a huge amount of scrutiny his presence in the squad always brings a lot of scrutiny and it's going to be ratcheted up to unprecedented levels yeah, and it's, on this tour. It's a long tour. Just looking towards the end of the, the India the India uh, matchups, and you're looking at the end of January, which is considerably longer than kind of, well, it's almost actually the same amount of time as this issue has played out, uh, it's taken to play out. So either they're going to come out the other side of this, all best friends again, or you know, there's, there might be there might be breaking points uh, you know, developing at any point. You know, should England struggle, which there's every chance they might. You know, probably not as confident going into, uh, into this series as we might have been as England fans in the previous couple of years. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting tour for any number of reasons, isn't it? So he does bring that scrutiny, and it's a scrutiny that England could probably do without. If he underperforms, questions will be asked. If anyone else underperforms. Questions related to Peterson will be asked. If there's even the slightest crack in team spirit, you know, it will be blamed on Peterson, even if it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with him. But then, on the other hand, if he'd not been picked, a lot of questions would still be asked, perhaps even more so, because the fact of him not being there would be at least as big a presence <laughs> as him being there. So the selectors can't really win. I guess the best way for everyone involved to silence the media and prevent those questions being asked is to just go out and perform, for Peterson to go out and score runs and for England to go out and get a result. So there's still two weeks to go before the first test. 
as you say, this is a very long tour. It's as, as long as an Ashes tour. We'll look back at the end of January and... It's going to fly by, isn't <laughs> well, it? Well, in one sense, it's going to fly by, but it's also going to... Drag on. It's going to drag on in another sense. But England giving themselves plenty of preparation time. They're, they're playing, I think, three warm-up matches before the first test. Do you think they'll be adequately cooked? <laughs> <sighs> this old chestnut. Difficult to know at this point. I mean, if you stuck the old meat thermometer into the England dressing room today... Uh, You'd be hard for it. I don't know where that's going either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, you know, like you said, they've given themselves every possible opportunity to, to acclimatise and uh, get used to what's going on, get used to playing cricket again. I mean, it's been a month, hasn't it? Yeah. Easy to forget. And there was a little bit of controversy, wasn't there, about the India team selection not picking any spinners in this match. Yeah, India A have gone into this game without a single spinner, which prompted Michael Vaughan to label it, I think, pathetic. Or something. Was it pathetic, <laughs> disgusting, disgraceful? I can't remember what the words were used. But, I mean, yeah, fair enough, really, and they, they do what they want. I mean, they don't... But like, they didn't. I, I agree they should be able to do what they want. What frustrates me about it is that that's not something that England do. And I don't say that in terms of, you know, oh, that's not what England do, therefore India shouldn't do it. I'm saying England <laughs> should do that as well when, yeah. when touring teams come over. England do, you know, do do their best to get the touring teams acclimatised, it seems. <laughs> Vernon Philander comes in place for Somerset and, you know bowls for three or four months we're a very hospitable nation aren't we come in you know you know use our cricket pitches dismiss our batsmen we just prepare like a selection of magazines (laughs) and stuff just as people come in just to make sure they've eased themselves in yeah yeah so i suppose it's kind of frustrating in a way then isn't it for england that they're they're not playing any spinners in this game that's not the only aspect of the game is it you know want to get the bowlers the bowlers going uh and and apart from anything else, it probably gives them a chance to figure out who they want to be in their eleven. And, and certainly, some of the biggest questions revolve around the bowling attack, which has you know got nothing to do with whether or not their opposition are playing any spinners. Uh, we had a question from Josh Harpin on our Facebook page. He asks, "I've got a question: two fast bowlers and two spinners in India, or three fast bowlers and one spinner, or a five-man attack?" And indeed, there are an enormous number of permutations. It seems to be one of the most uncertain selections in terms of an England bowling attack, well, an England team in general, for quite a long time. Should England play three seamers? Should they play two spinners? If they play three seamers, will it be Bresnan? Will it be Finn, assuming he's fit? Should they play three seamers and two spinners? Play five bowlers with Samit Patel batting at six, maybe? There's a lot to think about here, because if they if they do that, it'll be Patel but if they only play two spinners, it'll be Panazor, I would imagine. So pretty much everyone in that squad is going to be thinking that they've got a good chance of playing in the first test. Difficult decision. Just going on, say, day one of the uh, the tour match, you know, Bresden returned with some good figures. Three wickets. So he looks good. Patel... Hard to look beyond him at this point. <laughs> exactly. It's showing, I'd say, at this point. Uh, you know, Patel maybe struggled a little bit. Peterson was uh, was looking good this summer, wasn't he, with the ball at times. So maybe he can do do a more complete job. I don't know yet. Yeah, I'm going to wait. I'm, gonna, I'm not going not gonna to go out, uh, go out on a limb, Adam. I'm going to wait for the next, maybe next week or the week after, even to make this call. Well, absolutely. Perhaps wait for our series preview, <laughs> you could argue. but Save a bit. Don't want to spoil that one. And it is going to um, change, you know, and it's going to depend on who's in form and who's not. Um, I'd have slight concerns about Samit Patel playing. Much as I think he's quite a good batsman, he's quite a good player of spin, so I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with him batting at six. If you're going to pick him, you know, sort of as an all-rounder, I don't know that he's a good enough bowler to be doing that. I think England probably are going to need two spinners, in which case that probably means Monty Panazar playing. And in terms of the batting lineup, there's a big debate about who's going to open with Cook. Nick Compton has been given the chance against India A, 
Obviously, as we're recording this, we don't know how he's got on. I would imagine that if he or any of the other fringe batsmen make 100 in the warm-ups, that'll probably be good enough. There's a contest at six between uh, Bairstow and Morgan as well. For the first time in quite a long time, going into a tour, a huge amount depends on who does well in the warm-ups in terms of who's going to get into this England side. I think there are three or four spots in the team that are up for grabs and that's quite that's in a way quite exciting it's nice to have a settled team and no but you know every now and then freshen it up like we've done <laughs> take a break for a few weeks come back you know look at your options you know we had to fight for our places didn't we very much so. <laughs> there were four or five uh guys chomping at the bit you know i mean patrick keelty maybe the next cab off the rank so to speak keelty and jason manford uh, <laughs> both tested very well yeah with the focus group so you know, it was a close run thing, but at the moment we're hanging on. It might be that one of us gets replaced. <laughs> it, it just might be. It might be me and Manford next week. It's a long tour. We'll find out. <laughs> if you put a gun to my head, I might say it was slightly excessive, uh, given that you know we're just talking about cricket. Um, but I'd say I'd probably fancy Morgan to bat six with Compton opening up. That's what I think England will do. I'd be happy with Morgan coming back, but I would like to see Joe Root given the opportunity. I'd certainly like to see him given a chance in the warm-ups to show what he can do. I think they'd opt for Compton as they see him as a bit more of an experienced head, but Root probably is the future. He's, what, 21? And I think in India, the opening slot is not necessarily as vital as it is in other parts of the world. You know, you want your experienced batsmen to be stacked in the middle order, I would say, because you know, they're going to be dealing with the spinners more immediately, perhaps, than the openers. As a young opener, you get a little bit more breathing space in India than perhaps you do in Australia or South Africa or England. So it might actually be quite a good introduction to Test cricket for Joe Root. Yeah, I mean, Compton's got his South African heritage on his side, hasn't he? Yeah, that's true. Uh, that, that gives him probably the edge over everyone else. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Root, yeah, good chance for you. you know, Cook laid the foundation for an extraordinary Test career so far on an India tour, so maybe Root can do the same, similar age. Well, and therefore... And therefore, bound to happen. Ergo, <laughs> it will happen. Um, so, well, anyway, all this and more on our bumper series preview in a couple of weeks' time. But I'm just going to ask you a, a simple question, Tane. Are you excited about the series? Are you feeling the excitement building? It is bubbling away under the surface at all times, I feel. No, I'm, I'm, actually, uh, I'm actually getting really excited about it. Tour, it's difficult to get excited about tour matches, though. But they're, they're just a kind of... They're an, an hors d'oeuvre, aren't they? Yeah. They're an amuse-bouche <laughs> um, as you prepare for the main course. Uh, but yeah, the issue I've got is that I'm going away... Oh, on the Friday of the first test. I'll, I'll miss almost all the first tests. You'll have to stay across it. I'll, yeah, no, obviously I'll, I'll, I'll text st- you updates. Yeah, could you? Actually, could you, you do me, could you do me a personal ball by ball? I'll tell you what, if you follow at Cricket Show on Twitter, <laughs> get Sky Go, you'll have your exactly. app iPad with you. you? Yeah, you bet. It's been quite a while since England's last tour of India, hasn't it? Was it four years ago? Uh, that series only had two tests. This has got four tests, which which by my calculations is double the amount. Twice as good. Uh, So therefore twice as good. Yeah, it's got all the makings of a thrilling series. You do get the sense that England are being written off in many quarters, and to an extent you can understand why. They've only won one test match in India since 1985. Uh, They endured a dismal winter in Asia at the start of this year, and India haven't lost a test series at home since 2004. So those statistics are a a little bit um, scary, a little bit frightening, a little bit macabre. Uh, appropriately Uh, but you know I'm not so sure I think there's a vulnerability about this Indian team that should give England supporters cause for guarded optimism Uh, and as a direct result of me saying that this series has now got 4-0 written all over it (laughs) one thing that you and I have both been doing a lot of lately Tone is bodyboarding that's right this is the much loved part of the show where we update listeners on how we've been getting on 
in the waves. There have been some big waves lately, haven't there? there the have been autumn great. swells sweeping in through the English Channel. It's been great, great conditions, perfect conditions for uh, you know an extreme athlete like myself <laughs> to really demonstrate what I'm about and what I've got. Well, uh, some people choose to surf the waves, <laughs> but not me and Tony. No, we use children-sized bodyboards to get the job done. Horses for courses. <laughs> I was struck by this again the other day when we were. Uh, running down towards the sea that, you know, everyone else is in wetsuits carrying surfboards and we're a couple of grown men in board shorts tripping over ourselves with excitement carrying children-sized yeah. bodyboards uh, as actual children are paddling <laughs> past on surfboards <laughs> and we're there with bodyboards. I mean, there's two ways to look at it. I mean, you can look at it, uh, you know, who are those losers? Uh, I'm just, I'm jumping into the body of a, I'm a body snatcher, if you like, oh, it's Halloween. Uh, I'm jumping into the body of someone else on the beach and looking at myself and you thinking, well, who's that idiot? Who are, <laughs> who are these are idiots? effing losers? Uh, but then another way to look at it would be like, who are those legends, you know? We're in wetsuits, it's, it's freezing, uh, but who are those guys just running down to the water <laughs> in board shorts in, like, really cold water? I mean, you say, you know, you're trying to get inside the mind of someone watching us. I actually had a conversation with someone, <laughs> with a stranger, the other day, uh, I parked up and you hadn't arrived yet so I was waiting for you to arrive I was standing on the seawall just kind of looking out at the surf and it was really quite rough there were big waves coming in this woman came up she basically just assumed that I was a surfer I think and she comes up she's wearing a wetsuit and she's you know she's looking out she get, just starts using all this surfer terminology to me sort of just assuming that I'll know so she's there like yeah it's a bit chunky out there at the moment Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. She's like, you know, there's double overheads on the sets, but when it gets up on the push, we should get some good closeouts later. And I'm just like, yeah, no, tell me about it. Yeah, no, big time, big time. Like, this went on for about five minutes, and then she went, so what size board are you using at the moment? I was like, oh, well, you know, um, just a regular board. Just a reg- Just what, what's a normal size for a board? Because that's probably the size. But just medium, medium board. But then you're caught in that situation where, you know, there's that feeling like that you kind of want to lie but you also know that you'll probably be exposed very Almost soon certainly, if yeah. you do. imminently so you're just sort of panicking so in the end i was like uh no just um just a bodyboard at the moment and she was like oh oh well that's walked cool off. and just walked off yeah, yeah. quite sad actually, i told yeah. this story to um our friend patrick good friend of the show patrick uh and he said it reminded him, you know, that thing of, you know, feeling like you have to lie. But then in the end, telling the truth, it reminded him of being in uh, a museum in New York called, I think, the Museum of Film and Television or something like that. Apparently at this museum, you can request basically any piece of film 
ever. So Patrick goes and he, he makes his request for the, for the piece of footage that he wants to see. Uh, and then apparently someone who works at the museum just started talking to him and you know, was really excited about you know, this feature of the museum and was sort of saying, oh, it's brilliant, you know, we've got everything. So you can go back, you can you know, watch amazing footage recorded during the Second World War or see the Berlin Wall coming down, all this kind of stuff, and you know, really get a sense of, of history as it was happening. And Patrick was like, yeah, yeah, brilliant, no, it's amazing, yeah, it's unbelievable. And then he was like, so, um, so what piece of footage have you requested? And Patrick goes... Um, it's the episode of Johnny Bravo where he has to catch that gorilla. <laughs> Have you enjoyed the waves though this week, Tim? Yeah, I've had a real, I've had a swell time. Hey, that's good. You said you felt a bit like Felix Baumgartner when you're when you <laughs> You shot me down for that. No, I, thought but I did. You know, I felt like I was, uh, you know, I feel like I'm pushing, uh, pushing science and uh, the boundaries of entertainment right there, really. Well, simultaneously, because you, you felt you were so high. Oh yeah, that, that yeah. Could you start to see the curvature of the air <laughs> from, the, from the kind of? Sometimes you have to <laughs> yeah. get up really high <laughs> to realise how smooth you are. <laughs> He's Austrian, so I imagine. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, when you do Arnold, you know. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, no, I could start to see the curvature of the earth from those uh, from the height of three feet. Well, I'm surprised you say that because I haven't actually seen you get any waves. Every time I get a wave, I then look, I look across and you're not there, then I get it all the way into the shore, turn around, there's an, another wave coming in, it's, you're perfectly positioned, no, wrong. and then you just refuse wrong. it, you're just jumping over the wrong. top. I'm, tr- I'm pushing the limits though of what my body and what my board can uh, can do, and that involves you know, trying to go for the big waves, the one every like ten. Not you just get the little ones. Uh, everyone that comes past, wee! <laughs> Whereas I'm, I'm bum-guttering it out of the, you know, the deep. Waiting for the, you know, getting towed in on a jet ski. <laughs> trying, to get, trying to get the real big stuff. Time to dust off an item that we do once a year, Tone. My Champions League. As you may be able to tell on this item, we talk about the Champions League. Uh, and that was really the only cricket of note that, that took place in, in the three weeks that we've had off. It was held in South Africa. It all came to an end at the weekend um, after Deadly Daredevils and the Titans were knocked out in the semi-finals. The finalists were the Sydney Sixers and the Lions from South Africa, with the Australian side running out winners in rampant fashion. They won by 10 wickets, with England opener and World Cricket Show celebrity fan Michael Lum striking an unbeaten 82 to finish as the tournament's leading run scorer, prompting the question, why did he not play in the World 2020? That was the first question I was about to ask. It's a good question as well. It's exactly what England needed. Yeah, he, he should have been in there. You know, England struggled as we, as we went into great depth, struggled at times uh, in that tournament. And yeah, clearly he's gone and he's by a reasonable distance the top scorer in that competition. Certainly with the benefit of hindsight, you, you do wonder why he didn't play. Um, but then at the time, it wasn't like we were all sitting here going, why the hell is Michael Lum not playing? You know, it was like, well, maybe they could go to Lum. You know, it might be an option, but you probably don't blame the selectors too much. But maybe... You know, Lum has kind of you know presented quite a compelling case that he should be given another go in the 2020 team now. Would it be fair to say, Tone, that the Champions League is the most disliked tournament in cricket at the moment? Hmm, it's entirely possible. Can't think of one below it in the list. I'm not necessarily asking you to give me a list. I'm just trying to sort of get, get your impression of whether or not it's a disliked tournament. Um, I'd be lying if I if I told you that I watched a lot of this tournament. Uh, you know, I did. I kept up with the the action via the medium of Crick Info. 
but I didn't really watch a lot of it. I, you know, it came far too soon after the World 2020 and just it doesn't really make any sense to me. It has potential, possibly, but it needs a lot of, uh, needs a lot of thinking. Certainly that was a big problem, that it came hot on the heels of the World 2020. I mean, what was it, a few days later that it started? And inevitably it suffered because of that. But also, I don't know, I, I'm just not a big fan of the tournament in general. I think that the problem for me is that it's kind of pretending to be something that it's not. It's billing itself as a global tournament. The ICC treats it as a global tournament. It's you know, the only non-international tournament that's given a window in the ICC calendar. Uh, the IPL doesn't get one, but the Champions League does. Um, so it sort of presents itself as a global event. But it's disproportionately weighted towards the teams from three countries, Australia, South Africa, and most especially India. There are two automatic spots each for Australia and South Africa, and there are four automatic spots for IPL teams, which is one more than last year even. On the other hand, England, West Indies, New Zealand, Pakistan, and Sri Lanka had two spots up for grabs between them, and there was no representation at all from Zimbabwe and Bangladesh. So I don't know whether you can call the Champions League a global tournament, Um, which isn't necessarily a problem if that's how they want to present it. If they want to present it as essentially an Indian tournament with a bit of collaboration from Australia and South Africa and then there's a couple of places up for grabs for the rest of the world, that's fine. But it's not really set up like that. It's sort of set up as these are the, you know, essentially the best eight domestic teams in the world. And that's not really true. And I think that's where it's maybe different to football's Champions League because this is an argument that is presented on the other side of the coin is that, oh, well, football's Champions League qualification is weighted towards certain countries there are more spots yeah. up for grabs in england spain italy but that is because the teams from those countries are better are just empirically better than teams from you know say norway or iceland or whatever but you don't get the sense that that's true in cricket certainly not yet i don't think that any of those four ipl teams are necessarily better than trinidad and tobago or Stalcott stallions or any of the other sides that got knocked out in qualifying you know, whereas those IPL teams got automatic spots. And it's about politics, not about ability. And for me, that's a problem if you're going to market the Champions League as a global event. You know, while you've got four automatic spots for IPL teams, you can't be taken seriously as a global event. Yeah, that's a major issue, isn't it? And I think the other major issue, obviously, is the, re- you know, the reason that the football Champions League works and is so brilliant is because all the teams, all, all, the, all the competitions effectively are the same format. Uh, all the teams across Europe, for example, if you're taking the European Champions League, all the teams across Europe have... It is effectively a level playing field in terms of yeah, format, you know, time of the season. So it's all going on at the same time. Whereas, I don't know, you can't... Can you compare the IPL to the you know, the English 2020 Cup? It's just... It doesn't work. And the, the, the play, they're all happening at different times of the year. You know, players are jet-setting rounds, so you're getting... The, the you know, players are playing for multiple teams in, in the same calendar year. It just doesn't... There's no consistency. Yeah, someone like Brett Lee plays for both Sydney Sixers and Kolkata Knight Riders. In the Champions League, if you play for an IPL team, you have to play for your IPL team so that, again, it's tilted towards the IPL sides. And, you know, I'm not an idiot. I know why that is, because, you know, that's how they make I mean, their despite money. Despite what some of the iTunes reviews have said. <laughs> <but anyway. laughs> you know, that is how uh, the Champions League makes its money. That's fair enough. But if you want to essentially have a second IPL with a couple of teams from Australia and South Africa, then just have a second IPL. This is not me advocating having a second IPL, <laughs> but I'm just saying it's off-putting to me 
that it's trying to market itself as a global event when it isn't. Because I actually think a truly global Champions League would be a really good idea. But at the moment, it's you know this kind of halfway house. It's it's not really much good for anyone. You know, and as long as that remains the case, the quality of the cricket is largely irrelevant. I mean, on the whole, it was actually uh, a much higher standard of cricket this year than it was last year. Sydney Sixers would deserve one as they played very well throughout. But yeah, I think you know it, it's they've already scheduled uh, two more editions of the tournament. Presumably, you know, it's here to stay. But I just think maybe time to go back to the drawing board in terms of how they structure it either broaden it so it's it is a truly global event or you know rename it and rebrand it and just come down on one side or the other uh and obviously the other the other major issue with it was that the uh you know the rules and the the punjab weren't there <laughs> so not much interest it's true if they want to broaden it to six ipl teams and, and <laughs> but just guarantee that it's royals and punjab then uh, then i'm fine with that i'm down with that as the kids say yeah. Do the kids still say that? Or is that I think quite they 90s? never said it, did they? They know. definitely said it in the 90s. The side notes now, in which we discuss some of the more offbeat stories of the Cricketing Week. It's a long time since we did the side notes, but it hasn't given me an opportunity to look around the internet as much as you might expect. Both of my side notes this week come from Crick Info. Uh, this one's entitled, Gail's Answer to Gangnam. Have you heard of this Gangnam style, Tone? <laughs> I've heard of it. Chris Gale's uninhibited celebration dance after the World 2020 win, which featured moves from the global hit Gangnam Style, has inspired a dance artist, Zynga, in Jamaica to create the Chris Gale cover drive dance. According to Zynga, who is also a former cricketer and Gale's friend, the new dance is influenced by Gale's original moves as well as the Gangnam video. The video for the dance will be shot when Gale returns from the Bangladesh tour, and will also feature Marlon Samuels, Dwayne Bravo, Wavell Hines and Darren Powell. What's more, Gail is also expected to sing the song for the promotion of the video before he leaves for the Bangladesh tour. Watch out, Bangladesh! Gail could dazzle you with more than just his bat. Eh? Is that his dance moves they're referring to? That's what <laughs> he's referring to his dance moves. Slightly odd that they're referring to it as the Chris Gale cover drive dance. Because yeah. like, a cover drive is a, quite an orthodox shot to be sort of <laughs> attaching to this thing. Maybe they should ironically call it, yeah, like the Chris Gale forward defensive, forward defensive yeah. dance. The Chris Gale leg glance. <laughs> the Chris Gale leave. <laughs> Chris Gale shoulders arms. Yeah. We could start a shoulders arms dance. That, a shoulders arms is a great name for a dance. <laughs> yeah. Shoulders arms, knees and toes, I guess this could be it. Yeah, <laughs> could be. I will say uh, one thing about this article that made me laugh is that um, the list of other players that are involved um, starts off, uh, it will also feature Marlon Samuels, oh yeah, big star, Dwayne Bravo, another big star, Wavell Hines, mm. and Darren Powell. Okay, come on, it's like, Darren Powell hasn't played for the West Indies for about five years. Um, is anyone that was available, I guess? We weren't asked. Chris Gale, coolest man in cricket? Up there. I mean, Jeff Boycott, Boycott Willis, Gale. The three, the three. No, I mean, they're cool in a different way. I'm not sure they'd all necessarily go to the same nightclub. Yeah, true. I mean, Gail is okay. Just, he's like traditionally, Gail is pretty cool. He's, he's effortlessly cool, isn't it? Except for his laugh. You, you've, you've heard <laughs> yeah. him laugh. He is just this, like you know, this ice cool guy. You know, he's got a very deep voice. But then when someone in an interview or something, if someone makes him laugh, he goes from like yeah to. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was brilliant. If you've not noticed that before, look out for it. Uh, and I got one other article for you this week, again from Crick Info. The world's longest net session. There are plenty of international batsmen who could benefit from a few more hours in the nets. 
Perhaps they could let... Oh, these articles are written in a very frustrating way, yeah. aren't they? I mean, um, not just, yeah, probably not just international cricketers, me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, club cricketers, even League Division 4 cricketers. Or maybe just not have that sentence yeah. would be my suggestion. Anyway, there are plenty of international batsmen who could benefit from a few more hours in the nets. Perhaps they could learn from Jade Child, a cricketer from Ricky Ponting's hometown of Launceston. This week, Child earned himself a Guinness World Record for the longest net session ever when he batted for 25 hours straight. Child, 26, started batting at 8pm on Wednesday and finished at 9pm on Thursday, not surprisingly also claiming the world record for the most balls faced in a net session along the way. The previous record stood at 12,353 deliveries, and by the end, Child had faced 15,701 from a bowling machine and also from local bowlers. I'm tired, but I'm happy, Child told the examiner. The support I had was incredible. I had people here at 3am... <laughs> I had people here at 3am helping out when they could have been sleeping. <coughs> oh. My wife, Katima, has helped so much with putting everything together. In breaking the world records, Child raised about $2,000 for the Save the Tasmanian Devil program. There you go, Tane. He's broken a world record. A Guinness world record, no less. Uh, yeah, as good a record as any to break, I think. What, I don't know why we never think of these records. Because that would be a great record. That would have be, been fun for the first... 35 minutes yeah. so there's, there's a video of it on YouTube uh, he leaves his second delivery <laughs> does he? <laughs> yeah he shoulders arms there's nothing more annoying though when you're in the nets uh, than getting pulled out of the nets when you're batting so maybe you know 15,000 balls would get a bit tiresome I think maybe yeah it's one of those things that it's like oh 25 hours I could do that but when you've been batting in the nets for say 14 hours <laughs> yeah. and you've got 11 to go you know yeah. I'm not sure that it would be as enjoyable I wonder how many times he got out how many of those 15,000 deliveries got interesting him out? Interesting his figures. Particularly towards the end of, of the net session, do you think he, is he just shouldering arms again and yeah, again? Yeah, I mean, do you reckon they do that thing, you know, where you do a net so you're like, well, you need like, you know, 20 off, or you need like 10 off the last day or something. He's like, right, you need like, you know, like 10,000 off the last 6,000 deliveries or something. Just like, just counting that. No, we'll give that three. <laughs> Who's more impressive, that guy or Felix Baumgartner? I mean, could Baumgartner have done that? Which record would you rather have? I think Baumgartner, uh, just on the basis of what universally kind of recognised. You know, if you walked into a bar and you're Felix Baumgartner now, I mean, you'd be like, I'm Baumgartner. I'm Baumgartner. <laughs> <laughs> like, my name's Felix and I've jumped from a high place. Uh, people would be like, oh, unbelievable. You'd be... Can you buy me a drink? Praise and drinks. <laughs> Whereas if you're that guy, you're like, I batted for 25 hours the next day. Like, oh. If he came in and, and cool. pretended to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> been batting for 25 hours in the net. Yeah, maybe they, yeah. they'd still buy him a drink. <laughs> I don't know. Just as a side note to the side notes. So just... <laughs> or a side note, a third yeah. side note. <laughs> maybe but a side side note. Uh, just give you a little bit of an update on uh, Andrew Flintoff's preparations for his debut in the boxing ring yeah we had a side note about this yeah um a little while ago didn't we Basically, it's all coming together when's the fight uh I, th- I believe it's in december uh i think it's on the first of december I'm yeah. th- i've done the maths there <laughs> just gonna go on the last paragraph where it says but one thing is for sure after f- this is an article from bbc sport i should say one thing's for sure after four months of self-sacrifice his 35th birthday party six days after the fight will be quite an occasion I'll try to keep up the diet, but I reckon the 6th of December is... Can you see the maths that I've done there? His birthday's the 6th. But I reckon the 6th of December is going to be a big day. He says, I'm looking forward to my birthday this year. So hang on. You reckon the fight's on the 1st of December because it's six days 
before his birthday, which is on the 6th of December. What do you get in GCSE maths? <laughs> hey. What's... Yeah, but it depends. He might have got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, yeah. that's probably what's happened. Yeah, no, definitely. To my great eternal fortune, GCSE maths had been getting progressively easier <laughs> in the years leading up to when I took it. Because <laughs> we were in the same maths class, weren't we, Adam? Uh, and also Gordon McRae, London correspondent Gordon McRae, was in that maths class. Uh, and all year, you know, we'd, I don't know why we'd been struggling with our maths, uh, the three of us. Together, we'd been kind of stewing a bit. Uh, and got around to the end of your exam, and we were like, oh, God, it's going to be awful. Like, we're, we're going to do so badly. And we were like, yeah, yeah, I know, it's going to be terrible. And I think we got our grades, and we both did really well. And McCray, <laughs> McCray was like 40 percentage points <laughs> off the heat uh, and got moved down a set <laughs> off the back of that. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny that as we came at the exam, we were like, oh, that was a nightmare. All, all three of us. And then as it turned out, we both, you know, we both got a gold star. Yeah. And we compared results and me and you were both like, oh, that was much better than expected. And Gordon was like, yeah, I've been moved down. So. <laughs> I've been demoted. Um, what were you saying about Flintoff? Is he more looking forward to his fight or his birthday? I don't know. Are you going to put a bet on that fight? Might do. That probably went. Who would you bet? Well, I don't know who the opponent is. <laughs> well, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not that kind of, yeah. What I like about that is you say that as though like, you've got a lot of knowledge, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, semi-professional heavyweights. Yeah, boxing is not my uh, it's not my forte. Boxing knowledge. But actual boxing, I think I'm pretty okay at. <laughs> Based on no, never having done it. I've never had a fight in my life. Right, that's about it for this World Cricket Show Halloween special. We survived, Tone. Have you enjoyed it or have you been terribly frightened all the I've way I've been through? on the edge of my seat for much of it. I jumped out of my skin on numerous occasions. Uh, are you off trick-or-treating now? No. Trick-or-treaters keep knocking on the studio door, but the producer keeps having to turn them away because Tony's eaten all the candy already. Yeah, no. All the candy we had laid Best out. Best trick-or-treat I ever got was uh, that I ever did. I only did it once, I think, actually. Uh, so by default it was the by best default one. the best it was great but some like old lady like invited us into her house and just gave us loads of custard creams not the most practical uh, treats to take away with you custard creams because they tend to crumble if you're not familiar with the custard cream it's basically two bits of biscuit sandwiching uh, a kind of spread of I don't know what it is cream well it's not custard cream kind of sugar isn't yeah it? it's, it's they're really nice though. they're probably paste. in the top three biscuits i think well you're wrong about that but um more importantly i don't think i've ever been trick-or-treating in my life is that sad no does that make you sad it's, it wasn't that because it's just traipsing around didn't even dress up <laughs> just put a mask on when you reach a certain age where you have you know wads of disposable income to spend on candy you don't need to get like now you don't need to go trick-or-treating do you <laughs> well, you've got a job i wasn't actually suggesting that i sh- i will go trick-or-treating tomorrow I've, I've maybe reached an age where it might be frowned upon i might just put a sign up that's my house it just says f- off I think. <laughs> <laughs> anyway as i say that's about it for this week we'll be back next week with a big bumper preview of australia v south africa i'm very excited about that test series as well it's shaping up to be a really good one but between now and then uh, there's all kinds of things that you can do if you want to get more involved in the world cricket show like us on facebook facebook.com slash cricket show i put some photos up there some people don't believe that we really record in a studio tone are you aware of this we we talk about that from time to time there's a there's a light in here. I'm sure we talked about this. There's a light in here that if it flashes, it means that a senior member of the royal family has died. And then presumably, what, we just go live we on air? We have to air? go live. To, yeah, we have to go live immediately. <laughs> we, uh, with our, you know, we, it's a very delicate process, yeah. We just have to, like, we just have to handle that. 
That'd be quite fun, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah, the studio doesn't cut immediately to like, you know, I have to, you know, I would have to actually action that. Wouldn't be like uh, <laughs> right a deeply sombre announcer tells the nation that it's happened and then it just cuts to us talking about bodyboarding. <laughs> that probably wouldn't be yeah, a lot of Baumgartner impression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yes, you can see those photos on our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter as well, at Cricket Show. You can follow Tony, at Tony Cover, T-O-N-Y-C-V-R-R. Send us an email as well, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. Do that if you'd like some free World Cricket Show stickers. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes if you've got the time and the inclination. We do really appreciate all of those. If you want to buy some World Cricket Show shares, have a look at NASDAQ. If you want to buy a World Cricket Show t-shirt, uh, go to our online website, www.cricketshow.net and for just £15 including free shipping to anywhere in the world uh, you can get your hands on the kind of World Cricket Show t-shirt that I'm wearing right now Uh, we might even get some more merchandise on there soon who knows people say they want to buy the mugs they want to buy a mug Tony and everyone wants to buy a mug and hopefully soon you might even be able to listen to the show on the website imagine that Tony I mean on our own website it'd be like 2005 (laughs) all over again yeah that is coming we're going to sort that out it's ridiculous that it's not the case at the moment you know we're not Google we we can't just (laughs) launch new products left right and (laughs) centre anyway that's it for this week stay in school everybody and we will see you next time bye bye for now stay safe it happens to us all It happens to us all Each day is year, year, year Not the smell you feel picking the latex out of my arms. <laughs> it's really painful. It's like fused around my hair. You got anything else to say about Peterson? I don't know if I have really. Can be, we can, <laughs> <can> be <laughs> but uh I'm sounding like Tony Vance. He always says every every like, third thing he says is butter. <laughs> so it just sounds like saying butter the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Butter. Uh, yeah, that's good. Uh Tony Vance. Oh, yeah, cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Tony Vance, Tony? Hey. Because it depends on who plays well in these warm-ups and it'll be interesting to see um, who's in form and who's not. <laughs> Stop picking latex I'm, I'm out of your arm. It's, it's, it's all like... Uh, and I was, I was hit, inundated with kind of notes and messages from people on Saturday saying, I've got white stuff all over my clothes and I'm blaming you. <laughs> uh, so, Great. But I've, yeah... That, this is why. Do you want me to leave that in? Or... Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you put a gun to my head, I'd say it was maybe slightly... it's Halloween. <laughs> doesn't really make much sense. Okay, so if you put a knife to my throat, then. All right. Yeah, okay. Okay. If you put a knife to my throat... It is Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> so false. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. If you, put, if you put a noose around my neck... That's the game of dark, isn't if it? You, if you put a gun to my head, which it I... It is Halloween. Which I... <laughs> <laughs> 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.